Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Bottoms up, Mikey. <laughs> and I don't mean, it is. <laughs> I don't mean go to the club and start sipping on champagne because I know that a lot of people are very tempted to do that because everywhere they turn at the moment, they are hearing the bottom is up. The bottom is in. The bottom is in. The housing market bottom is in. Oh, I'm talking front page spreads of the Herald, sponsored by a brand backed by property, (laughs) (laughs) and then posted online by the editor of that brand as well. I saw one that said, from the peak, it was a bottoms up, bottom is in article. I didn't read it. I just saw like a little sub headline that said, from the peak, houses are falling 13.5%. I was like, where the fuck did you get that data? That's not right. 13.5. Yeah. From November 21 to like January 22, it fell (laughs) 13.5. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. There is so much of it. um, And it is everywhere. And I guess, as I like to do, mate, I'm going to go contrarian. You reckon it's got more to go? (laughs) Well, I got two two takes on this. Yeah. My my first one is who gives a fuck? (laughs) Like, why is this so important? Turn it off, mate. We're done. (laughs) Yeah. But I actually can't wrap my head around that. And I put that on Instagram the other day. It was basically like, when did we last have a front page spread and five articles about it's the bottom of the Bitcoin market? Yeah. Uh, it's the bottom of the steel market. Mm. Oh, bottom of the fucking um, power market. Mm. Like, you name it. There's so many different markets. But I think, and, and that's where my mind goes to, I'm like, there's a reason to do this. There has to be, and, and it's probably because, yeah, it's going to sell it's going to get people emotional. It's going to get people happy. It's the the wealth effect type thing mm. of, okay, you know, maybe maybe I should be thinking about it. And so we start to drive FOMO again. Oh, far out if it's the bottom. But if we go back to investing principles 101, we all know, you know, you should not be trying to time the bottom of the market. Mm. So why I say who gives a fuck is because every time someone leaves a, reply in the keep the change question box on Instagram and says like you know oh when do you think the bottom of the housing market will be for for me wanting to buy a property or something it's like that is not what you want to focus on Mm. because you might buy at the bottom of the market and then the next day a gang moves in next to your house Mm. oh fuck or you lose your job and can't pay your mortgage yes and now the bottom of the nationwide housing market has got nothing to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> because you've got your own issue going on there. Your mm. property is still going to continue to go backwards. So don't be so caught up in this, the bottom, the bottom, the bottom. But it's very hard to do. I was going to say, now that you've got out that out of the way, should we be <laughs> macroeconomic tourists and jump in here? <laughs> <laughs> we can. I'll just, I'll just finish by saying that if you really want a property, as we always say, fuck the bottom, take action to ensure that you can have it and then turn all the shit off because there's a reason that those articles are continuing to go around and that people are speaking about it and of course now we're doing a podcast about it but coming at it from a completely different angle yeah, yeah. but go after the things that you want in your life and take action to get them and don't be so worried because if you're one of these people that's worried about when the bottom of the housing market is you're going to be the same person that's always worried about what are interest rates going to do when's the perfect time to reset my mortgage and stuff you, you can't fucking do that for 30 years mm. you'll get it wrong yeah, 100%. I actually like had a loan structure meeting with someone today and I was like, they're planning on being in this house for 15 years. And the, the first question, when, when do you think rates are falling? And I was like, right, let's just like talk about this 
over a 15-year period. If I tell you and get this first one right, do you reckon I'll get the next 15? And he was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, nah, we've just got to spread it, hedge it, make sure it's affordable, take away the risk. Yeah. And then over the 15 years, as long as you get the best loan structure, then you'll be better off. Because if you try and time it 15 years in a row, you're going to fuck it up. Yes. <laughs> Guaranteed. And you're going to lose and it will cost you. Mm. And, so and it's it might, pretty funny. Yeah, it might cost you your mental rent as well. Like, yeah, that's worse, man. If you can't sleep at night, like financial issues come up on you like a grizzly bear. Yeah. And they fucking hold you down and you can't breathe. So A bit like your cat. They're scratching Fuck at you. That thing's an animal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go macro. What do you got for me over there, mate? So we're going to call this, or we have called it, this is not the fucking bottom, but we probably won't use the F-bomb <laughs> in the title. Housing hasn't bottomed yet. Or who cares? Maybe we'll put it, who cares if this is the bottom question mark? Well, yeah, anyway, let's go, let's go. I mean, I, when I started thinking about it, it doesn't, it, like what you were just saying, it doesn't interest me that much. I've been around long enough to know that it doesn't matter. Um, there's lots and lots of data that says at the bottom of a housing market after a reasonable drop, it doesn't run away again. Like You've got time. So if you want to buy the bottom, if the bottom was today, you can probably also buy the bottom in April next year. Mm. Like it's pretty flat bottomed. It's not a perfect V. Yeah. So unless, you know, the, the real good deals come from good buys in general, not from buying the bottom of a massive market. Yeah. You're buying because you know someone that's getting divorced and they need the money type shit. That's where you get the, the profit from. As developers say, you make you lock your profits in when you buy, yeah. not when you sell. Yeah, correct. So everyone's build costs and you know construction costs are pretty similar. The people that make the real money is at the purchase time. Yeah. And the market has the same sale price at the end when it's finished. So, yeah, I think um, being... Being f- believing that the housing market is bottomed, there's lots of things that are out there at the moment that you would think might sound right. We've had these LVR rule changes, um, even though I don't think they're having much of an effect at all. There's a consensus, a general belief, and again, just like when the Reserve Bank said that you know interest rates OCR is going to top out around three, three and a half, or whatever, they're also at the last meeting said that's probably it. Mm. not those exact words but there might be more but there's a belief because of that kind of narrative that interest rates are done and interest rates have been driving housing prices so if they're done that means that you know it lines with the bottom the other one that I see in my job mate and I hear it all the time the belief there's going to be a government change (laughs) so (laughs) I reckon if you're betting on that you're playing with fire for two reasons what if there isn't a government change so you've got like a 50% chance so it's a flip of a coin let's be honest if there isn't a government change then none of these housing rules and everything that you want to change back the other way are going to change the other part of it is if there is a government change guess what will happen to all those rules Take ages to change? Fucking nothing. Oh. They, I doubt they'll change them. <laughs> you reckon do they'll you, leave do them? you trust them to change them? Shit, no. Exactly. Yeah. So I think you're playing with fire there. Just the, on that. Yeah. Because I wrote down, wait until Labour stay in. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So you, you worded it a lot nicer than I. But like, 
Part of my reasoning is this: why this isn't the bottom is we'll wait until Labor stay in and landlords are forced to sell. Um, but I could be wrong, right? Because the market has National at a dollar forty-five favorite to win the election. Labor have shortened from two dollars ninety to two dollars seventy-five. Yeah, but that would, yeah. So basically, from uh, the outside looking in and not taking too much notice, it looks like Labor's capitulating to me. Mm. I think it's going to be a wash, but we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Long, long way, like six months or whatever it is. Yeah. is what do they say? A week's a long time in politics or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. But um, no, I, I know what you mean. Like it's people are already thinking about that going, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm preempting that, so I'm going to get a, a jump on it. Mm. Everyone's preempting it though, right? So yeah. like, is it preempting then? Yeah. Yeah. But also naturally what people do is they don't make decisions leading up to a recession. We see this massively in business. So this could work in some people's favour. If it is the bottom. Yeah. Because yeah. people will go... I'm not sure. I'm just going to wait until after this election. As yeah, well. well, traditionally, uh, take out the COVID part, but traditionally over the history of time, election time has been a very quiet time in real estate. Yeah. Which is basically that, right? It's uncertainty, and they go, oh, step back. Yep. And then you go back along at a graph, and it's just 40 years up and to the right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, I call it the buy the dip mentality has yeah. arrived. So yeah. there was a portion of people that didn't buy during the COVID boom and then house prices started falling and they took, sat back. Fuck this, I'm not touching it. It's a, it's a falling knife, I'm not going to try and catch it. And I believe, I'm noticing it in my job that people are, they're ready now. Yeah, They're like, it's fallen enough um, and I have the conversation with them saying, okay, as, as, if, if they bring that up, I'm like, okay, are you okay with it to fall more? And they're like, yep. So it's it's come back enough for a lot of people to see value in it again. I'd, I'd written down on that, if people think prices are going to keep falling, they will keep falling. And that's kind of what we've seen through this first half yeah. of the year, right? Where yeah. people are like, nah, I reckon they're going to still keep going down. But now it seems to be this narrative around, no, no, they've hit the bottom. Mm. But who's driving the fucking narrative is my question. But we'll get into that. Yeah, so yeah, those are the reasons why I... Th- I think it could have bottomed right. And then now, the reasons for why I think it hasn't bottomed. Oh, <laughs> there can't be many. Um, there's not too many. And it's not backed up by very good data either. All right, thanks for listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, so, I could, man, I, I saw this the other day, and I think it was an interest.co.nz article, but I couldn't refine it before I came here. But it was about the... The average household income versus the average home loan repayment. And it reminded me, because I saw an Australian video on it, and I'd just seen the New Zealand article on it, and it's still really bad. So it's something like 50% of household income is going towards mortgage repayments, and a really comfortable spot to be in is like 36%. Shit. So that that there means that there's still some room there for either wages to come up, which is part of that equation, or house prices to come back down so that the loans we take out on them are smaller. And, you know, we're going through a bit of a reset shift in terms of change and monetary policy and stuff, and we may not see that come back to where it's previously been at the optimal sort of percentage for income to home loan amount. Um, But it's still a giant gap. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's... I think that's pretty... Pretty important. I don't think that a housing market can go up fast, at least. As a bare minimum, it can't go up fast if there's that there because 
you can't just go buy houses and have your mortgage repayment take up 70% of your income. No. So that's not going to happen, is it? Um, the other thing which is not housing related but I think will have a flow-on effect is what we've probably got in front of us. You know, the cam- the podcast we did recently talking about Cam Bagri and stuff and he was talking about the cycle and we're in the construction mm. cycle, next is, next is profit, then it's jobs. So, you know, if we've got unemployment set to increase, that's going to mean less pressure on wage inflation because then firms will have more options so they don't need to pay their staff more to keep them. Um, the overall ability to service more debt stagnates, right? So if we're all getting paid the same in a year from now, then we can't increase the amount we can borrow, which means we can't increase the amount we can buy a house for unless it's purely just savings, which is a very slow way to increase a house price. Very hard to save at the moment. So those things are stacked against the housing market. And, you know, if we do have a spike in unemployment and we do have wages stop increasing, then what's driving it? Mm. The only thing that would then drive it is if interest rates fell so we could leverage more of our stagnated income. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So... Nothing's really changed. Nah. But the stories have. The stories have massively, eh? The narrative has. Yeah. I also think the bit that people are talking about in terms of uh, increasing house prices is that more people are going to move to New Zealand and we're going to get an uptick in migration and stuff Mm. and so they're going to need houses to live in so that will therefore increase the number of people that want to buy properties potentially. Um, but I've written down like a few things here as well, but just to summarize what you're saying. So what I'm hearing is people are still going to have to service these mortgages and there's still going to be way less people. When rates are higher, there's less people that can afford a mortgage than when rates are lower. Mm-hmm. So that just naturally takes the, the burn out of it mm-hmm. or the excitement, the FOMO and the, and the heat. And then the Reserve Bank is saying to us, okay, well, maybe we've stopped increasing the OCR. Um, let's just remind ourselves they forecasted the OCR to stop at 3.9% in May 2023. June 2023, it's 5.5, one of my favourite <laughs> sayings at the moment. But let's just say that they have capped it out. But they've also said to us, well, we're going to keep it here. We're going to keep it here until uh, right through 2024 mm. as well. So it's not like all of a sudden... I think people have in their head they've got this false sense of reality that everything's just going to go back to how it used to be and there'll just be fucking cheap debt everywhere and they'll be like, right, let's just let's just get on with buying our properties again now mm. and trading them to each other because it's just done so well for us and it's just been amazing for the growth of New Zealand. Um, <laughs> but maybe that won't happen. But interesting step for you as well. So Treasury, mm-hmm. on the back of releasing the budget. They're good at forecasting too. Three good. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to anyone at Treasury, sorry. They're turning into a couple of assholes. Okay, so I think that wage growth was about 7.4% in 2022 when it was at its height. Mm -hmm. That was, yeah. They suspect that through to like 2027 that it's going to be around 4.7%. So basically saying, okay, so your wages are going to increase by about 5%. Well, if you're a listener to keep the change, I don't want you to be average. 
So you need to at least be targeting a 10% of your net income and figuring out how you can bolt that on because you don't want to rely on your employer or the fucking treasury forecast to tell you what an average salary increase is. Or the Herald or fucking any of that shit. And you can go, oh, well, that's great. I got a 5% increase and the average is 4.7, so I'm doing really well. Well, yeah, you've been smacked by 3% tax anyway, uh, 30% tax. You actually take off 1.5% of that 5.5%. You've only got 3.5. Factor in your inflation (laughs) and you're actually... further ahead and you get further down your life and you wonder why the fuck don't I have the things that I want so this is why we encourage you to set bigger goals but basically if incomes don't continue to increase because we're going to go into the cycle where Cameron Baggy uh, Baggery he says like now it's we're squeezing and I was Rolling around uh, Parnell, which is one of my favourite suburbs in Auckland. Now, sounds like a real. Jesus. <laughs> no, he choked, mate. <laughs> sounds like a real wanker. <laughs> He's having a bit of Luke time in the Tesla. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> in <laughs> Driving past a couple of Range Rovers. Oh, dear. Um, you know, just looking for where I could charge it, you know, free of charge. <laughs> Anyway, I go see my favourite barber there. I literally go out of my way to go there. There's a barber across the road from me. It's extortionate. They fucked me off when I um, could have gone in there and... They oh, like, the 5pm thing. Yeah, like, oh, four fuck. O'clock. Yeah, and I'm like, nah, nah, yeah. this, I'm it's, done. Yeah. So now I literally get in my car and I drive to Parnell to support my uh, favourite barber up there. Because Take he's note, a business, business owners. Owner. Mm. Yeah. And he's if, a GC. If your staff and culture are... Uh, not up to scratch and have the right attitude when someone rolls in at four and you close at five, you will lose clients. Mm. Yeah. And so I could literally walk across and go to that, but I don't. I go up. And so anyway, he's always got full of yarns and stuff. And he was telling me about how um, the rents were going up in the in the neighborhood. And they're basically just like, we just can't stomach this. Mm. And that's a good example of where the profits start to get squeezed because mm-hmm. we say, oh, we can't stomach this. But what are you going to do? Are you really going to shut your business down? Probably not. Mm. You're probably going to just try and find a way. Um, and so you're going to eat into your profit and you're then potentially going to put your, your prices up if mm. that's happening or you're just going to have less. Yeah. Um, you're going to pay less tax as well, which we're actually seeing at a nationwide level now too. The forecasted tax take for the 10 months uh, into their financial year for the government has actually just come in and the corporate tax take is down on what was forecasted. Mm. So that means they're collecting less tax from companies than what they thought they would. That means they'll be able to service less debt too. So that is exactly what we're seeing when Cameron and what you're explaining to us is now we go into the next stage of hmm and then business owners and corporate start to think, huh, you know, do we need to let go of some people? Mm. Um, and, you know, smaller businesses, they're, they're <laughs> thinking through some of these things as well. And the balance sheet's getting eroded, so the reserves and things. And then we start to see people get let go. Now, I think you raise a really, really interesting point that none of these articles ever mention when they're banging on, tossing themselves off about how the house prices <laughs> fucking bottoms in, they're going to go. It's never like unemployment is still X percentage. And that is too low. And the mandate from the Reserve Bank is we need to increase that figure. Now, you tell me, Mikey, if you were hell-bent on buying a uh, house mm. and you had that as your goal and then and you, had, you were in an organisation and you're good friends with a lot of them, one of them rings you Thursday night and they're crying and they say to you, um, ha- have you had the news? And you're like, what, what do you mean? They're like, oh... 
you haven't been let go? Are you going to be like, I'm really sorry to hear that I've got to go. I've got to nip back onto fucking trade me because I'm so itchy to buy a property. <laughs> You're going to be like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, no, you drop everything to help your mate. Yeah, and you're going to be starting to worry about like, shit, well, how safe is... My next? Yeah. Yeah. And then we build some uncertainty. So we've still got a huge wave of that to go. That's my main thing. Like, whether or whether this is the bottom of the housing market or not, I just feel like there's a few more things to unwind first before i get say, all excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe it is the bottom. Okay, Fine. But there's not going to be like a monumental gain while construction falls over, profits get squeezed, and people lose their jobs. Yeah. Like property's not going to rise up like a phoenix during that time. (laughs) So I'm very not concerned about rushing into anything right now, personally. Yeah. I'm I'm not concerned about it anyway, but if I was in that situation, I'd be like, oh, you know, there's... Too much of that. There's too much water to go under the bridge first. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think that I need to be in a hurry. And what I will also mention is that in two years' time, if this is the bottom, mm. you're not even going to remember what month. No, you, you you're not going to know what fucking day. You're not going to be like, <clears throat> oh yeah. So when people go like, oh, the bottom of the stock market was this, and it's like, oh, okay, but a year later, people can't even remember what month that was. I do remember when I was younger, trying. Loving when I loved it, you know, I was right into it. And I could buy a house in like Glendale for 475 grand. And I sort of got talked out of it. And then just saying for like the next three years, oh, I should have done it, I should have done it, I should have done it. Yeah. <laughs> but the longer you leave that time frame between what you should and shouldn't have done, mm. right? Like, usually with an increase in money supply, assets of increase course. and decrease in interest rates. Mm. And that's what we've seen. So I think that's what people have gotten used to very hard for people to understand the new environment that we're in with Mm. higher interest rates, especially if they stay here um, for some time. But there's there's also the elephant in the room that we have to think, well, actually, this is in favour of the housing market. So what I did (coughs) is is I had a look. Luke's turning bullish. (laughs) Who's the biggest homeowner in this country? And I thought, I wonder how I can find this out. And it took me... About 10 seconds. I didn't even need to go online. Oh, yeah? And I realised, oh, I know who it is. It's Westpac. It's ANZ. It's ASB. It's every fucking bank in the country. <laughs> yeah. It ain't you and I. It ain't, ain't, it ain't the people listening here. Yeah. It ain't Joe Bloggs who's like, oh, yeah, I've got 400,000 equity in my property. <laughs> I've been on homes.co.nz. It ain't someone that's got a property portfolio of 10, 13, 1,000 properties. The banks, they own the fucking houses, mm-hmm. not the people. So, if anyone wanted to or needed to create an environment where we need to rebuild confidence that we need people getting into a property market, it probably needs to be banks, real estate agents, dare I say it, Mikey, mortgage advisors. Diddy, with, with diddy on mortgage brokers. <laughs> with self-interest, people selling property courses, for instance, yep. uh, and people that just live and breathe mm. that, space, that space, right? But... That is a, the, a thing that the property market does have going for it, is that when it starts to get too rocky, we know deep down as a nation that we're really just a giant property bubble mm-hmm. with a little bit of economy bolted on to the side. Mm-hmm. And That's Bernard Hickey's favourite saying, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he loves it. And if, if that gets too shaky, we've, we've got to protect it. Yep. And that's the comfort 
that I think a lot of uh, Kiwis have been able to fall back on without truly understanding. And yeah. I think that'll probably continue over a 100-year run, or 40, not 40 days, not four days, not fucking, whoa, oh, I needed to predict the bottom. Yep. So that can probably give you your confidence, again, going back to the start, if you really want a property, for instance, and that's your goal, ignore all the noise and the articles because people are probably, if I, if I own the Herald and someone's telling me and my Juno team, hey, we think the bottom of the housing market's in, ANZ are saying it too, I might fucking run that story, see how much mileage we can get out of it. Yep, and then just advertise like a cheaper subscription so we can get more people signed up. And Yep, yep. <laughs> because we know one thing that Kiwis are obsessed with is property. Yep. So this is going to sell some shit, so <laughs> yeah. let's do it, okay? So this is probably part of uh, what's going on here. But I saw this very interesting point as well, now to get back away from what's protecting yeah. the property market, because I wanted to mention the banks, and this will lead into this nicely. So at the moment, uh, people are complaining about how, my, how much the banks are making right, but um, also their profits are starting to come back. Or when you read about a bank's profit, there's something in there, and no, not many people would understand <laughs> it, and it's basically banks will say, look, our profit is this, uh, and this is after we have had an impairment of loans. So they are basically creating a provision for a reflection on times getting tough. Mm. So they're saying, shit, what's the percentage of our book that is overexposed yeah. um, to... At risk of default. Bingo. Yeah. Because that's not good for them. They can lose money on that. So then they've got to sort of have some form of calculation to be able to show to shareholders and to the market, this is the risk that we are factoring in. Mm-hmm. So if those numbers are getting bigger then how can bank economists on the other side be coming out saying, well, look, we need to increase our impairments for loans that may not be able to be paid. But on the other side, we're saying, oh, but uh, we think the property market's completely sweet. It's probably just going to start going up from here again. Shit, man. I think you've just found the secret to the property market and how to buy the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. There's a pretty good correlation. I never actually thought of it. Mm. Mm. So we've got to keep an eye on that. But those two things don't seem to talk to each other. If you were in finance, like a geeky accountant, Luke, <laughs> and you're saying, talking with the economics team like shit, okay, we're thinking and modelling up more people aren't going to be able to pay their loans because we're factoring in that a percentage of our um, clients are probably going to lose their jobs because that's what the Reserve Bank are telling us. One hand's not talking to the other because mm. we're then saying to our shareholders, shit, we could lose a bit of coin here. And things ain't going to be great if this is to happen. So we're going to provide for it in our accounts and think about this. But then if our economics team on the other side are like, hey, we've just released some information that everything's pretty sweet in the housing market, they don't seem to to tie mm. into each other. So I just think, again, that's something that these articles will fail to actually... Shit, man, I'm really impressed with you on that, eh? Thanks, quite, mate. I quite like that. Yeah, look, I read it online somewhere, I can yeah. be honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but what I do, like, because obviously uh, Heartland shares, right? So often I'll be like, oh, wonder what they're, like, what, what are they mm, worried about? Mm. What's their impairment? But I actually watched an interview of their CEO the other day, and it was it's a really good watch. It's on the, the Sharesies podcast, uh, if you want to check that out. It's one of the only podcasts that there is that I've listened to, uh, in all honesty, but they do do interviews with CEOs, and I was like, well, I'd be pretty keen to see mm. um, where my money's at risk in, at here, but they've <laughs> got to do the exact same thing, but they've got loans across uh, finance and business and stuff, much like bigger banks do as well, but they've got a different lever because they've got reverse mortgages. Mm. So I thought I'd be interested to hear what their nervousness is because as the property market comes back, 
a reverse mortgage can look a bit scarier and you may have people being like, oh, I don't know if I want to take out a reverse mortgage mm. where they're basically borrowing their future profits on their property and then having to give it back Which to the bank. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But obviously got very stringent uh, rules about that. Now if I take it back to uh, an individual level, um, going back to something I probably often talk about on podcasts is that I, people don't take action and they'll take it as late as possible. So in the last podcast that we did about LVR rates and stuff like that, I was explaining how you know you might have someone in your family goes to university, so then you lose an income, or or it drops because you're then getting study link instead of actually your full income. Or they might have a child, but instead of when they realise that they're going to have a baby, going yeah. we should do a budget, they do the budget at month four. Yeah, yeah. And then after they've exhausted all other avenues, so we'll we'll take action like very late. Um, I think, man, I reckon you could go back to maybe like early, maybe February, March 2022. And I was on here being like, I'm just going to batten down the hatches and save. Yeah. And I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> and it, yeah, fuck, like you have to be in front of it, not behind it, eh? Mm. And it comes back to like my favorite thing, which is like protect your downside. Like if you do it in advance and nothing bad ends up happening, all you end up with is savings. Yeah. It's not like it's a bad thing. No. Like it's a it's still a okay result, you know, but if you leave it to the last minute and it gets too late, shit man, that is a hard rock to get out from under. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I just think that a lot of people will actually be snookered in this market. Mm. So when interest rates are low, right, and there was money just washing through the system. There was the giant FOMO, so the parents are, you know, we heard all the stories, parents are auctions, fucking outbidding people, and you're like, holy shit, what's going on here? We mm. can't even, we're not even a chance. But I think that in a market like this, everybody's snookered. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be able to help you out to their children or mm. whatever, but we're probably just not in the position to. Mm. Um, or, well, our interest rates have gone up as well. Or, shit, our, our international trip that's usually 10 grand a year looks like it's now going to be 25, so... Yeah, yeah. Not, not sure if we can. So I think there's not going to be that abundance of cash. And going back to earlier on, like the pain doesn't seem to really be here yet. So the pain isn't actually coming mm. or the pain is just a slow grind down. The other thing is that we're talking about, we've gone from being like, is it going to be a soft landing or a hard landing to... Now it's in between, no recession, maybe a soft one. That's interesting, eh? Yeah, definitely. Because, like, I can't figure out what change to make that change. Mm. Uh, I reckon we're getting a bit complacent, boy. I've written down here the final thing, because I mentioned before, wait until Labor stay in and landlords have to sell. Because if, if they do, right, and again, this flows into this, people won't take action. So, landlords that have got, or even mum and dad investors that have got one or two properties. Yeah. And I think that's- Hang eight, on for dear life right now. Come on, baby, October. Bingo. <laughs> that's 80% of the market. Yeah, it is. They're going to go to the polls. They're going to vote in self-interest. Majority of them, we're not judging you out there, people. You do you do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And if, if Labor stay in, I bet there will be a bunch like, fuck it, let's sell the rental property. Can't be fucked with this now. This is bullshit. Like, I'm done. Mm. And and bang, it'll it'll be listed in the next few months. Yeah. Instead of like, okay, maybe we should just pay some taxes on this. 
uh, from the capital gains that we've had over the last however many years. <laughs> but that will still that that could potentially come. But that's a that's a gamble, right? But my final thing is, you know, a lot of these articles have been driven by people asking economists mm. and banks, why are we so confident that the banks are right? Like, why are people all of a sudden putting so much trust in the fact that a bank economist who's been wrong all through this, <laughs> where they'll even admit, like, this has been really hard. Yeah. Why are all of a sudden we, like, fuck, they're right. They must be right again. <laughs> Shit. Like, get excited. <laughs> the bottom's in. And I'll tell you what it is. It goes back to the very top. Who fucking cares? We taught not to chase the bottom. This obsession is sickening. And that's all it is is that we want it to be the bottom so badly. So yeah. we want to trust them and we want to be able to be like, okay, we've got some relief here and we're obsessed with property. So then naturally it just goes round and round in circles. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if we could fall another 20%. Far out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have a, you know how, I have, have I, this have I explained that well? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> there was, it a, was There good. was a, a buffet of thoughts there. Yeah, it was okay, good. good. I mean, yeah, it's just like we got told that inflation and everything was going to be transitory by everyone under the sun. It was a lie. The interest rate, the OCR has gone up way higher than we also got told it was going to be. That was maybe a bad guess, not a lie. But yeah, so like how the fuck do you know? Mm. Um, no one knows, which again is back to the start. Who cares? Because yeah. <laughs> you can't know. Yeah. Um, but one thing, I, I have this thing which I learned from being in Bitcoin, which I, when everyone starts thinking the same way, normally the opposite fucking happens. Damn it. When you were talking earlier, I was like, when others zig, zag. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so when everyone believes that interest rates have peaked. National are going to get in. The ba- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the government's going to change. The, the bottom of the market is in and all of the stuff is behind us, when everyone starts to believe it... I get sceptical. It's going to be wrong. Yeah. 100%. The recession's not happening anymore. At worst, it's a soft landing. What a load of shit. Mm. What has changed to make you believe that? Anyone? Yeah. Like, oh, it's because we got to this... We've been at 6% interest rates for like three or four months now and the collapse hasn't happened. Give it a year. Like, there's some pressure coming, eh? And I think, yeah, I'm sceptical on that because, man, if you get into the hype train on stuff and you let emotion take over and don't use your brain and think logically, you will get smoked out of the water. Yeah. In yeah. anything. Yeah, I, I would say that if, if you you want to buy into the hype that this is the bottom, cool. Don't, like, it could I'm, be. It could yeah, be. exactly. And I'm all for you. Yeah. If it's not then please let it go. Like, you know, and you buy and you decide, like, don't fucking, don't waste. Those messages we get, eh? I bought, yeah. it, I bought a year ago and it's gone down and I'm like, are you selling it now? No. It's Were a one in a hundred year house though. Yeah. <laughs> but like we're moving a year later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I just think. Get on it, with it. Like buy your house, get on with it. Like, back, yeah. you've, like you've, you've achieved your goal if that's your goal and then it's like, bang, cool, my next goal is this 30-year mortgage needs to become a 20-year mortgage. Fucking yep. the, the news is off, the, the articles are off, you're not looking at the, the Herald front page yep. where they're predicting whatever, you're basically tunnel vision, what do I need to do to get the bank off my back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty simple, eh? 
I, I like to think so. Mm. But Maybe we make it, it hard. It's 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 not for a lot of people though. It really is something emotional and I just think we should take a bit of emotion out of it. Mm. I think learning logic is quite important. Yeah. In general. Just general I don't know how to explain it. I get myself into trouble here. Makes me sound like I'm fucking calling everyone down when I'm not. It just, but just you know it's, it's, it's not logical to me to buy a house and then worry about its value in a year. Yeah. If you're living in the house and you've got your partner and your kid and your dog and you're going to stay there until the kid turns five, so you've got five years or whatever because you need to change school zone or what, whatever it is, worry about the value like six months out or a year out and try and look into it then. But right now, don't matter. Yeah. yeah. And it's I, not healthy for you to look at it and, and be on about it all the time either. It's, it's interesting because I see this through my exposure to gambling where it's very similar. So everybody wants the best price. And so mm. what some of the betting platforms did is they're like, okay, we'll create a, a product at our betting platform that other betting platforms don't have, and it's called Best Price. So basically, you get to, instead of being like, oh, geez, it was paying $5, but I only got on when it was paying $3.50, um, you would get whatever the best price was in the market because the market opens, right, in mm-hmm. betting, and then the market fluctuates. And usually what happens is, a say, a horse is, is favoured to win or even a sports team, like the Warriors, for instance, the other day, they might have opened it like a dollar sixty. Mm-hmm. So you put $100 on, they win, you get 160 back. During the week, the money just kept coming for them, and it was like, fuck, okay, something's going on here. Oh, we find out that a couple of dolphins aren't going to be playing. They get The price gets crunched into $1.42. Now, all gamblers, probably much like people who are wanting to buy a property, they're chasing an edge. Mm. So they feel like that they've won before the game even starts. Oh, what did you get? Oh, yeah, I took them at $1.45. Oh, I got $1.60. got $1.70 earlier in the week. <laughs> and they feel like they've already won. They're like, yeah. oh, fuck yeah. Every now and then, um, and then in, in racing as well, you you might get on early three dollars twenty. It gets crunched into like two dollars, but then very yeah, I've late. Been at the TAB man, and like oh, I know the that. trainer. I've talked to him. He, yeah, he was. He, I was talking to him on Tuesday. I got him then. Yeah, so. and then in the last five minutes of gambling on horses, that's when the true liquidity and the money comes into the market. Flows in hard. It's all retail, right? Just being like, uh. yeah, <laughs> algorithms, like everything yeah, as yeah. well. And in that last five minutes, and all of a sudden, the horse that. It was three dollars twenty on Wednesday, and you're, you've got it at uh, three dollars twenty, and it's now into two dollars, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, we're, we're a chance here." It drifts out to three dollars fifty, and you're like, "Oh, what?" But <laughs> I, I've been, I've been like, I feel like a winner for three days already here, yeah. thinking I've got. <laughs> so there's obviously like that psychology aspect where we're we're wanting the edge, we're wanting the best price, we're wanting to to feel part like of this. Winners. Part of that for me is fucking sexy though. Because yeah. that's kind of what makes up markets everywhere, mm. in a way. Like, I really like the fact that there's something beautiful about the fact that 8 billion people, uh, like, pricing is information about what a, a collective of people will pay for something. And it has to change when there's not enough value being provided for the price, and there's only one way to do it. You have to lower the price until the market turns up and does it, and... It's all driven by the psychology piece in our heads and we all make our own minds up, but we all end up in a similar sort of position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I kind of like that shit, eh? Yeah. Every now and then you bump into somebody who thinks differently. If I go back to that punting analogy where it's, uh, what do you get? Oh, I got $3.50. Oh, what do you get the Warriors at? Oh, no, I got them at $2.50. 
And then someone just real calm in the middle was like, oh, yeah, I got $2.20. And they're like, oh, well, we got way more than you. And they're like, yeah, but every price is a good price for a winner. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so they've removed a bit of the, they're like, I don't give a fuck what they're paying. Yeah. I know that they're going to win. I'm getting the return. So I'm going to yeah. get a return. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and they'll say. It's kind of like how Warren Buffett buys companies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't go broke backing a winner. Yeah. He's yeah. like, it's, you know, I, I just buy good businesses that I think will be around in 20 years plus. Yeah. Makes so much sense, eh? So if we can apply some of that logic back to our own personal lives when it comes to setting our interest rates, buying a property, worrying about the bottom, worrying about the top, you know, it's all just noise at the end of the day and you've got to understand that you will be manipulated through this process because it is definitely in a number of parties' best interests that they convince you Mm -hmm. that we're at the bottom of the market and one day it will be that we're at the top of the market Mm -hmm. and we're going to continuously go through these cycles. So use this as an example to be able to learn from and see what's happening because let's just say that in six months' time, we have a real cold winter. People aren't going out and shopping. People are losing their jobs. Unemployment's starting to increase. And property prices are coming back down. i tell you who's going to be fucked off if you really buy into this hype right now. You are. But in six months' time, the same economists are going to be putting out more predictions. <laughs> and these ones from middle of the year, yeah, they're going to be irrelevant. And it'll be like, oh, well... We didn't realise this was going to happen. Just like the 3.5% OCR calls you shared. <laughs> so good. There we go. I feel like we covered that pretty well, mate. I also think, just one quick other thing about uh, personal emotion versus markets. You'll never make an easier decision of buying something than when it's at its most expensive. The easiest time for you to decide to buy a house was in November 2021. Because... You've got two years of recency bias showing you that they go up 25% a year. Gotcha. And you're believing that. Mm. So think about that and think about how you react to certain bottoms, tops, emotions about how you're feeling at the time and think, why do I feel like that right now? Why do I feel like I'm pressured to get in the auction room? Yeah. Does that mean it's a top or a bottom? Gee whiz, mate. Righto. Bottoms up. Such a good tune, man. It is. We got a five star review just for the song, eh? Surely. A <laughs> uh, quick story from the Philippines, mate. When it's your birthday, they bring you a bottle out with the sparklers. Oh. But it ain't champagne, it's a full bottle of spirits. These oh, people Jesus. are drinking Johnny Walker. Mean. All sorts of shit. I'm like, okie dokie. <laughs> hey, happy birthday, let's roll. <laughs> Bottoms up, team. <laughs> Down another 15% from here, surely. Uh, oh, oh, it's recording, sorry. 